Well, good morning, and welcome to Prairie Gardens Plant Experts Live. I'm Tamara McDaniel, here at the store at 3000 West Springfield in Champaign, corner of Springfield and Duncan. So come on out, join us in person if you like, or you can join us by phone at 217-356-9397. That works out to 356-WDWS, or you can text 217-351-5357. Our experts today... Our Marianne Metz. Good morning, Tamara. Good morning, Marianne. We have Steve Brown. Good morning. And John Weisgarber. Good morning, Tamara. Oh, well, let's fix you a little bit. He's, he's just going to be quiet today. Just a little. Oh, let's try it again. Hi, John. Hi, Tamara. <laughs> <laughs> wow. What a, what a recovery there, John. Yeah. Pretty cool. good, huh? Yeah. I think so. The store is beautiful. It is. There's always something fresh. It's each time I Each week I come. Yeah, it, it just screams spring when it you does, walk inside. Decidedly. Yeah, it's amazing. It doesn't, doesn't matter nice. what department it is. It could be the clothing that Jeannie's picked out in the boutique area. It could be mm-hmm. the garden decor or spring floral or it could be the garden the center. The darling Easter items mm. that um, it could be off white It could be the, the world's best selection of seed potatoes, oh. which are right over our shoulder. Yeah. Yes. Uh, we don't have everything in, but we only have, what, 10 or 12 varieties in so far? 15 or 15 varieties. That's so, amazing. So we Pretty just have cool. a couple, three more to go. Yeah. <laughs> Fantastic selection of seeds. Oh, yeah. Terrific house plants. And, Marianne, what did we get in the last two days? I don't know. What did we get? Trees and <gasps> shrubs. And hellebores. Yeah. Really? A few. It's, yeah. it's a start. And they're yeah. in bloom, and it's really refreshing to see something live and flowering. The outdoor yeah. plants are starting to roll in. Just started. That's so exciting. And today, it's so cold outside, it's hard to imagine. I hadn't noticed. That it's time. (laughs) No. But fortunately, tomorrow, it might actually feel like it again. Yeah, seriously. I'm not used to that. But in the meantime, it's nice to come in here. It is. Yeah, my snowdrops are actually under the snow. Oh, there you go. (laughs) Peek out. Will they make it? They'll be great. They'll be all right. Okay, good. They'll be happy. If they made it through last night, they'll make it through anything. Yeah. Absolutely. It, you know what I saw uh, a couple of days ago? Brian mentioned something he'd seen flowering in somebody's front yard. And so I drove by, and it was a, a hamamelis, a um, witch hazel. Oh, you, talked, you talked a little bit about those last week. Yes, we did, about how you can get a, a really early flower or a really late flower, yeah. depending on which species you have. And, boy, this was absolutely covered with yellow flowers. Oh, so oh it was beautiful. So south on Duncan Road, south of Curtis. Okay. And uh, you said it's just outstanding. I haven't made it by there yet, but I've well, got to take a detour. It's worth yeah, a me too. few extra minutes to drive down and just, it's like, wow, look at that. It's yellow. Is that spray paint? <laughs> but no. <laughs> well, and what a contrast with the, you know, the snows are just about gone. Sure. For the I, most oh, part, I bet it was but pretty still, yesterday, yeah. I'll bet that was a great snow. contrast. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure it was. I was out taking photos yesterday. Just oh, yeah. Of, yeah, just of this field. It was beautiful because you could see the dark soil underneath, and it just had this beautiful white coating of snow on top. And it just so it's kind of speckly looking. Yeah, <laughs> so it made this beautiful photo. Awesome. Anyway. Cool. Yeah, Isn't it maybe great it's you just can appreciate planting all seasons. I think so. Yeah. That sounds like a. I'm a, learning. It, it, it could be a wallpaper, you know, get that printed and then turn it into wallpaper. Wouldn't that be awesome? Yes. Or on Project mm. Runway. Sorry. Oh, I'm, wow. sorry. I'm sorry. It's like a spray paint thing. Uh, before we get into today's topics. Um, Are you taking my picture or what? No, I was trying to open my phone. Oh, okay. 
Dave Leak, our producer, texted me and said, uh, FYI, today is Plant a Flower Day. I thought I'd throw that out there and share it. Who thought that up? Yeah, yeah. seriously. Oh. Must be suitable for it areas works. south of us, but uh. <laughs> like Georgia and Alabama. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, they don't say they don't send necessarily outside. But speaking of flowers, uh, sometime by the end of the week, we don't know which day yet. Uh, we will have an incredible selection of pansies. And primrose oh. and some ranunculus and it, other it, early spring bloomers. Yeah. Towards the end of next week. Yeah. It'll be, no, like it'll be next neat. Thursday, Friday-ish coming yeah. up. It'll be cool. In five days or so. Yeah. Oh, how exciting. Yeah. Yeah. That's going to be We're kind of pumped about that. Yeah. And we'll have a bunch of perennials rolling in uh, yep. this week and more trees, shrubs rolling in. So uh, the spring package bulbs, uh, the lilies, and some of the guys that we sell indoors in packages will show up this week sometime. Um, onion sets, not everything, but pretty good selection. Great selection good, so yeah. far. Um, onions? Onion onions. sets. Okay. Yeah, not the plants, the bundles of plants, but the sets are in the yellow, red, white, candy onions. Um, A few shallots and garlic also. Yep. Yeah, so yeah. it's... You know, if, if we get that and we actually get some seasonal temperatures coming up here in a week, people are going to start thinking, okay. Let's do it. Time yeah. to start prepping. Yeah. Prepping Actually, as soon as it's it not is. too wet. It is time. Is it? Yeah. Like right now? Well. Time to prep. today. In a, in a, well. She's, she's yeah. saying prep, not plant. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I was out uh, on the, the lawn uh, just the other day, and I was noticing, like, how you guys were saying it's still mushy. Kind of spongy. Kind yeah. of yeah. Mushy-gushy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Spongy. Yep. So I, could, I, understand, I understood then what you guys were talking about, about maybe not walk on it or do anything on it right now because yeah. it well, or not, not excessively. I mean, I wouldn't not walk on my lawn. I was tiptoeing. But, but, but <laughs> well, there you go. Well, then you're just concentrating <laughs> the weight in a smaller square inch area, so you're probably causing more damage more than if you were being flat-footed, actually. <laughs> there's but actually a formula for that. We could that. ask your husband about that. Yeah, there's a, a formula for I'm that. I'm sure there is. Mathematical formula. So. I, I, I don't is. doubt it. Yeah. <laughs> But, but, yeah. So but, what kind of spring tips were you guys uh, wanting to talk about? Or what kind of questions? You, you have a lot of people saying, can I do this? Can I do that? Can I do that? What's the number one questions, John? Yeah, this past week. <laughs> this this week was grass seed. Absolutely. Oh, my oh. gosh. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. It, it's, it doesn't hurt to get your supplies ready. But like we've been talking about, even this morning, it's just a little bit too damp. So we have to let it uh, dry out a little bit. Okay. Um, It wouldn't hurt to be a little bit warmer. (laughs) So you could could think about the... That you could get dimensions and space and kind of get an idea how much seed you need, which seed you want to buy. But it's too wet to put it down now. Okay. And and maybe a little early anyway. It's early. It's just wet. <laughs> Especially <laughs> if you it's have to do. Cold. Yeah. Well, it's so cold today. I'll be the mediator. <laughs> I don't know what he grew it's up. It's not too cold for the seed. I'll, I'll no. be the mediator in between. You could put the seed down, yes, but it's but too wet. It's too wet. Why would you want to? Well, I know. But but you're saying you could put it out when it's ready, and yeah. it's not too cold. The, the difference in Marianne's opinion and my opinion is she's more concerned about the temperatures and being too cold, and the fact that it won't germinate, it's just going to sit there, or the birds are going to eat it, or yeah. some of it may rot, or this or that or whatnot. 
and uh, I would maintain I would agree with all that but if the if, if the soil was dry I would get it done so it's done and then when it does warm up it can do its thing and what little I lose to the birds or what little I lose to the rotting or blow away, blowing away rot. or whatever I'm that, to me it's not that big of a deal okay but we're both right <sighs> I think it's a little there bit annoying go. that you can't put it in wet soil, yet once you put it in the soil, you have to keep, have it, to keep moist. it wet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. <sighs> I tell you. You know what? Um, but for small spaces, uh, my husband d- developed a, a method, of course. I'm sure every, a lot of people do it. But uh, getting some uh, topsoil, bag topsoil, and having it sitting around so you can just grab a, sh- a, a scoop full or shovel full and mix your grass seed into it and uh, get it uh, spread out evenly in 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 a in that bit uh-huh. of soil and then place it where you want it i mean work work your soil up with the place where you want it but then it works in so much more easily that's a great idea it it, it actually works it's pretty brilliant yeah and it's and you know especially for areas that are what a foot by a foot yeah. kind of thing or smaller. Yeah, little, just absolutely. Little spots gotcha. or yeah, that's exactly what it's for. Yeah, okay. absolutely. So you still want to rough up the soil below. Definitely. Uh, so you don't just have a hard pan and have this loose stuff on top. But by doing what Marianne said, you're getting that seed incorporated in the soil, albeit a potting soil or topsoil or whatever you're using, mm-hmm. and putting it down. So you'll have a better take for sure. Worked. Yeah. Okay, Sounds but good. before we get into seeding, uh, shouldn't we be preparing, like doing all of the, I don't know, feeding it or not feeding's and not a nothing, not an issue. Like Again, that? it's yeah. You, you, and if you can't, if it's too wet to prepare the soil or dig it up or loosen it up, you can't do anything. All you can do is. Again, research which grass seed do I want to use? How much am I going to need? Get all your components ready. Uh, consider the tarp method. Yeah. Um, you know if. These little spots, these foot-by-foot spots, unless they're concentrated in an area, you can't really tarp that. You know, you're just going to be at the mercy of the soil drying out kind of thing. But um, if it's a larger spot that's, you know, I'll say, doesn't really matter, 3-by-3, 5-by-5, 10-by-10, whatever it is, you could conceivably tarp that, but you don't want to overlap on top of the good grass and damage the good grass. You just need to tarp that spot you're trying to fill in. So. Okay. So the point is, it's time. Right. Time to get it ready, at least. And you were talking about grass seed. They come uh, with some pre-mixed, right? Because you want some that perform in the heat of summer and some that perform at other times? Or It's really mainly about light levels, how much sun or how much shade it gets. And <clears throat> I don't care what grass seed it is that's a shade mix, whether it's ours or whether it's Scott's or somebody else. None of them prefer the shade. Some just tolerate it a little bit more than others. Okay. Other varieties. Yeah. So it's not so much about the, in this area, so much about the heat. I mean, the grasses we sell are designed for the central Illinois. Yeah. Gotcha. Some of the issues they have with shade areas are there's, of course, the light levels, but many times, especially under trees, it's dry. Oh. So maintaining it with water is really key i've talked to so many people about uh, i have to i have to reseed every year and uh, that's one of the things that's a drawback to that type of area 
Because the tree is going to eat the tree up takes all, all the water. Suck up all the water. And some are a little more intense than others. Yeah. Maples are notoriously hard to get grass growing under. Absolutely. Because they have very shallow root systems. Oh. So are you know, those are the ones whose roots come up over the surface and you <gasps> mow over them and flatten them out. You know. Okay. <laughs> those are usually maples. Yeah. <laughs> I gotcha. So one of the other things about the grasses is that um, we sell a straight Kentucky bluegrass, but a lot of these are... Um, blends of different genus of grasses and, and that helps too so if if one's stressed out for some reason maybe the other one won't be but that's all been researched so they put together the right ones okay yeah and just i think the common mistake that homeowners make too is <coughs> they'll be driving or walking and they see somebody else's lawn from a not looking straight down at a perspective and it looks great but and then they're looking at their own lawn when they're out there walking on it, looking straight down where they see every bare spot, every weed, every everything. Mm-hmm. So it's really not a fair comparison. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know there may be some envy going on that's unjustified uh, and some angst that isn't necessary because you know it theirs isn't a standard that maybe their standard isn't really any better than yours in terms of what you have. And I think as long as you don't have noxious weeds that are overtaking the lawn um, if it's green and you can maintain it and it's accomplishing what you want to accomplish which could be a a use area play area or just even a a green space to complement your landscape to me that's good enough on the other hand there's the people who want a perfect lawn and it, 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 yeah, it all depends on how much time do you want to devote that, to that's it. That's a big issue. My time yeah. is very valuable. And, and So you don't have any grass? I, actually, I don't. <laughs> I think that's perfect. I remember a few years back when, well, you probably repeated it much since then, but uh, I was complaining about the crabgrass. And it was like middle of summer, and you were like, well, so what? You know, at, at least it's green. It's green. Yeah, yeah. it's green. <laughs> Absolutely. It, yeah, it won't be the fall, and but it it'll eventually that? die. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> it's not a perennial. Yeah, it's it's where, where I live amongst all the trees. You know, we all try to have what's an illusion of a lawn, and and like you say, if you look at it from, if I look at everybody around me from the street, oh, there's grass. Well, if you actually walk into it. You know, it's a little bit of grass. It's a lot of moss and some other yep. small weeds that are green, and you do the best you can. Okay. Um, we, so we had a customer just the other day bound and determined to get rid of the moss yeah. in his yard. <laughs> I'll I take mean, it. I mean, there was no change in the mind or offering an alternative, but <clears throat> moss is there because of conditions that make it suitable to grow and to thrive, and those conditions often are moisture, shade, you know, maybe some compaction where the moss takes hold and some other plants can't take hold. Um, might be acidic soil, but not always by any means. So as long as those conditions exist, and if you eradicate the moss temporarily, that's what's going to be. It's going to be temporarily, and it's going to find a way to come back unless you change the amount of light, air circulation, perhaps acidity, moisture, retention things like that mm-hmm. so, so a, a weed is a perception yeah so i've right. been in in gardens that were nothing but moss on purpose i love that it's I just would love to visit one of those it's just like a fairy 
garden. You know, it just How, well, yeah, like, of course you would. Like, was you're it the thick fairy enough to be garden. kind of cushy and everything like that? Absolutely. In some spot? Oh, mm-hmm. everywhere. That, not, that not would just be some an awesome feeling. Yes, yeah. it was up over the rocks. I mean, these people are seriously into it, and they collect different mosses from different places. And you know, there's a whole. It's just like hoster or daylilies, anything. You know, people just get into it and they start collecting. What and part of the country was it? This was in Wisconsin. Really? Uh-huh. Uh huh. Southern Wisconsin, and it was just lovely. Uh, co- actually, it was. I, I was in a couple of gardens like it, and and yes, there was a sunny place in one of them anyway, um, that had grass. And then as it became wooded further back behind the house, it was all moss. It was just like walking into a different world. But it was beautiful. It was incredible. I'll bet. Yeah. I someday I'll check out a moss garden. Three five six nine three nine seven is our phone number, or you can text three five one five three five seven for Prairie Gardens Plant Experts Live. Let's go ahead and go to the phones and uh, talk to Eric, who is calling in from Columbia, Missouri. Oh. Hey, good morning, Eric. Hi. Thanks for joining us. Morning. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I really uh, appreciate your show and um, always. Uh, appreciate your advice and i um wanted to ask you are you were on lawns i've seen some stuff recently on clover lawns or clover mixed lawns and i wanted to ask what are your thoughts or opinion on that and um, i'm often over in champaign and like to stop in at prairie gardens and do you uh if you're if if you uh, think they're a good idea in some situations uh let me know what kind of situations and do you do you offer uh, supplies for that Thank you very much. Wow. Eric, before you hang up, are you in a conventional neighborhood uh, where you have neighbors, you know, there's 12 Um, feet between the houses or 20 feet between the houses, or do you live more out in the country? um, I wouldn't call it out in the country, but um, there's a pretty good spacing between the houses. And I would say, I don't know how to say this, maybe the the neighbors are a little crunchy. I I don't think they'd be... uh, uh, offended by a lawn that didn't look, you know, a lot of people are doing pollinator gardens and stuff. Sure. Uh, yeah, I think they, and, and, and geez, as long as we're at it, if, if maybe that's too big of a topic, but if you could touch on those two, uh, uh, sometime I, you know, the, the pollinator gardens just seem so great as well. So I, I just are. have a new house. Yeah. With the lawn, that's just kind of so, so, but it's getting good sun. And I'm thinking when I restore it, trying to do some of those types of things, uh, you know, potentially clover and, uh, and uh, definitely interested in a pollinator garden for a large part of the, portion of the front lawn. Neat. I That's never awesome. heard about a clover, clover garden, clover yard. I, I, I tell the story, and I know I've told, I, I, you should remember this. I had a neighbor that I met, and he was lives in a part of, of town that has some big old trees. So there's, there's literally, it's like Johnny has no oh, sun. and so can't grow grass. He grew clover. Okay. He said, it's green. I, and I'm like, what? You're growing clover on purpose? You know, we, we, we sell chemicals to get rid of that stuff. But, um, no, it's, it's green. And if, it, if it's something that pleases you, I, you know. Talk about easy to maintain. Oh, heck yeah. And is that the case with your lawn, Eric? Um, well, I, I, didn't, I, I, I don't want to um, completely replace it with clover. But maybe if I right. can get by with, uh, you know, uh, not using things that would eliminate that, you know, having it to fix some nitrogen and just, uh, 
you know, you can never quite believe what you read online. That's why I appreciate your expert advice. <laughs> but, um, you know, you do see, I, I am, have been seeing some stuff online about, you know, using it as a, as a mix with bluegrass or different fescues and things like that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so I, I live in a, a country setting and mm-hmm. um, I I don't like to use herbicides unless I absolutely, absolutely have to. And, and, and I wouldn't use, I mean, if I had to kill some poison ivy, would I use an herbicide? Yeah. If I had to mm-hmm. worry about dandelions and buckhorn and plantain and clover and stuff like that, I'm not going to worry about it. And mm-hmm. so when I sowed my lawn, I purposely incorporated clover seed into the grass seed blend. And my lawn gets mowed once or twice a week or in the summer, in the drought of summer, once every two weeks, just like anybody's lawn would get mowed. I just don't Uh use any herbicides whatsoever. And Mm. I wouldn't do clover completely, but it doesn't sound like you're going to anyway, because I think at that point in time, I don't find, uh, say, Dutch white clover, which would be a nice low-growing clover. Uh, It kind of melts away Mm. a little bit in the winter, and so you might Mm -hmm. have too much mud. Um, ah, exposed. Okay. Uh, so I think mixed in with the grass, it's good because you're still going to have mm-hmm. a basis out there. So if you're walking or if you have a dog or some tr- some uh-huh. footprints out there, uh, but yet it'll come back in the spring and like gangbusters. And I I mm-hmm. do believe, even though I mow the lawn as tall as I can and get mm-hmm. encourage a good root system, I do believe I have a little bit more of a green presence in a drought situation than mm-hmm. some people would. And, and that mm-hmm. might also be because of the type of grasses. I have more, I, I, mean, I do have some um, turf quality rye in there, but I've got some Timothy and um, I've, I've got, actually got some red clover. The red clover gets mowed a little bit short in, mm-hmm. the, in this area, but I um, have some areas just outside the immediate area around the house that I might mow once a year or twice a year and I let that red clover grow up in there with those taller grasses so it's kind of like having a landscape border with the curves and the motions but it's just the Uh two different layers of the heights of the grass if you will. Nice. So so you got a sweeping feeling or you can direct your eye a certain direction because of the difference in the mowing height that you've done. Nice. And if you if you do that situation, sometimes if you'll be able to let the clover actually flower. And, oh, for and, sure. You know that's a great combination with your pollinator yeah, garden sure. that you're Absolutely. talking about too. Oh, and and it's amazing. Point. I mean, you can mow, and I swear, two days later, <laughs> it's flowering again, uh, especially with the Dutch wow. white clover because it's so short. But then the, even the red clover, uh-huh. if you can mow it off probably three to five days later you'll start to have flowers on it again or if it's an area that's just outside of your mowing path you know it's a it's mm-hmm. a great pollinator um, um i don't oh. think um necessarily for bees as much from what uh, rena was saying but uh, certainly butterflies and other insects um and i don't know how much space you have and if you want to have a traditional pollinator garden uh, where it's all cultivated and it's plants that you've chosen to mix in, uh, I've been experimenting with adding some perennials that are good pollinators in and amongst this taller grass or the red clover. Ah, ah, mm-hmm. And it's just kind of its own thing. Um, I made a mistake by having it not close enough for me to enjoy. 
so either mm-hmm. from an elevation standpoint, if it's near enough of the house where you're looking down into it, I think that yeah. would be good. Or if it's in a part of the mm-hmm. garden that you'd walk by or enjoy more mm-hmm. often, I think that would be important. Uh, from a distance, I think you really have to get into some tall pollinators, uh, maybe some mm-hmm. cosmos or tithonia or some yeah. things like that that would get three or four feet tall and stand up and out. Mm-hmm. That's where you get your your by some of the annual seeds, throwing those in there as well, uh, you can get your garden fuller looking as opposed to, you know, trying to do all the perennials all at one time. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, well, great. And okay. uh, we had uh, Rena Wilson on, I don't know if it was last winter, spring, or if it was the one before, I can't keep track of it. <laughs> but she's uh, mm-hmm. she raises bees and she's very, she's an excellent gardener and she knows about pollinators of all types. But anyway, she mm-hmm. came back in later on and, and offered us a couple of cosmos plants and uh, tithonia, uh, Mexican sunflower. Mm-hmm. And I ended up planting a couple of those. And I, uh, it would have been a full-time job trying to count the number of bees and butterflies. So I'd highly recommend those for that pollinator garden. And you can do them from seed like oh. John said, or you can start the seed indoors and then transplant them outdoors either way. Oh, well, great. No, I appreciate the recommendations, and, and thanks for saying Mexican sunflower as well, because I was trying to spell Chthonia, and I'm like, I'll write down what I think it sounds like, and I'll bring it in <laughs> yeah. to you all. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I know, it's right? It's just yeah, T-I-T-H-O-N-I-A. <laughs> okay. Yeah, uh, your zinnias are a great one, too. Zinnia. Yeah. Uh, okay. Cosmos is great, so, yeah. It's just a fun okay. thing to put together. There's so There's many so things many. that are yeah. so many yeah. things, yeah. Great yeah, topic, Eric. Yeah. Well, thanks. I, I look forward to coming over and seeing all the great stuff you have. So thank you very thanks, much. Thanks, Eric. You have fun with your yeah. garden, Eric. Yeah. Sounds like it's going to be great. And when you're here, find one of the experts. Say hi. <laughs> thanks so much for calling in, Eric. 356-9397 is our phone number, or you can text 351-5357 for Prairie Gardens Plant Experts Live. Let's uh, go ahead and take some texts. The first one reads... Um, in our neighborhood, west of Duncan, the city is putting in new sewer lines. They are digging big holes in already established lawn. And I'll, I know they have to do their job, but would you suggest sod over this mess when they're done? Because right now it's kind of a mud fest. Oh, yeah. Ick. I'd and, probably do seed um, for a couple of reasons. One is I don't know if it's sunny or shady, and you're not going to find a shade-tolerant sod. The other thing is, oh. I think the area, if it's doing sewer work, is going to continue to settle, no yes. matter how well you fill it back in. Yes. And mm-hmm. so I think no matter what you do to get some cover on there so you can eliminate the mud, you're going to find perhaps having to add some more soil or at least level it out oh, yeah. this yeah, more than next likely. fall. Grad- grading it down in soil preparation, you know, maybe incorporating it because they've probably dug up some uh, pretty heavy soils and, and they're not going to keep your topsoil and put it back down they're just not going to do that but yeah prepping that so- the soil well and then grading it well but like S- steve said you're n- it's never gonna be at the right level for f- a few years I mean, oh, it's, really? it's going to continue yeah, sinking. It'll, it'll settle okay all right well that was a good question then good answer absolutely because a lot of that going on right now yeah yeah all right text number two um what about aerating next week when it gets warmer I was wondering about that myself. It's probably going to be too wet. Probably. Uh, unless it gets real sunny and breezy. Which it could. It could. <laughs> I, mean, I think there's precipitation <laughs> this week, too, though. So, oh. yeah. I but mean, I think just like anything else, if you could 
properly dig a hole, if the soil could crumble a little bit when you squish it, it'd be great to core aerate. So there's, uh, yeah, there's, that's the, probably the best thing to do for your lawn, probably. And th theoretically, you should do it when the lawn's actively growing and green. So, oh. you know, it might be a little bit too early at the standpoint, but if for some reason the soil was just right, I'd probably do it. Yeah. And there might be some lawns that are good that just drain a little bit better, but it's just something you have to decide. So, uh, and is there, what was the test again to see if it needs to be aerated? It's called the ribbon test. The <laughs> so, so you take a handful of soil okay. and if it crumbles, it's great. If it turns into a mud ball, then it's too wet. Oh, Just okay. Easy. Our, Just our resident agronomist here is if it's taking dry, this no. clay sample, <laughs> and she's mushing uh, it in her hand like that, and then she's making a ribbon of soil by flattening it and pushing it on out. And if it can be a, maintain a ribbon without just snapping off. It's too powerful. I like that. A lot of clay content. I didn't make it up. I'm sorry. I didn't. I believe you. <laughs> but I like that. That's okay. me. I just make it into a ball. <laughs> me too. <laughs> <I don't>, you <laughs> <know>. <laughs> do as I say, not as I do, you know? <laughs> three, five, six, nine, three, nine, seven is our phone number. You probably you cheat text. when you do that, too. You probably just press it lightly and just try and figure out which way you can pinch from this side or that side just to make it crumble, <laughs> don't you? manipulate it a little yeah, bit. Yeah, right. Because yeah. <laughs> I really want to play it. I live with this, Tamara. <laughs> hey, you work here. It's your choice. No. Uh, okay, another text. Good morning. We receive prescriptions by mail that come cold-packed with these gel packs, and they say, or they've heard, that um, they are reusable as plant fertilizer. Do you have any experience with this or an opinion? Thanks. I wouldn't. You wouldn't use them? I don't know what it is. What? Well, yeah. Who point. knows what it is? Yeah. I've never heard that you before. You haven't? Okay. Yeah. That's no. what I was going to ask if either of you have heard, any of you have heard that before. Well, I'd really have to do some research and find out what the material is. I just, that's just too weird. I, I mean, I just wouldn't take the chance. I'd probably put it yeah. in my freezer and then chill a beer or a glass or a bottle of wine. Ooh, that's like a that. good idea. <laughs> yeah, that's a great idea. I could put it on my knee for when it hurts. There, there you go. go. There you go. Yeah. We're thinking all kinds of uses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Reduce, reuse, recycle. Yep. But I've, I've not heard of it. I don't know what the active ingredients are, and unless you knew exactly what was in it, mm -hmm. I wouldn't consider adding it to my soil because no. it might have long-lasting negative results. Perhaps. So, yeah, so the issue would be to find out what's exactly in it first. Okay, good. Pruning? What can and what can't be pruned right about now? What should we try to avoid? Because otherwise it's a good time to prune, right? Because you want to encourage that. Uh, growth? I, I think just the opposite. You know, you're pruning now so that things aren't growing. <laughs> you're cutting off limbs, making, opening up airspace, uh, limbing up a tree. Probably yeah. probably getting towards the end of some of the more larger branches, structural pruning you yeah. know, be doing, especially yeah. on maples and things like that that yep. would bleed a lot. Um, so branches that might be two, three, four inches or larger in diameter you'd be getting a little bit towards the tail end on. Yeah. Uh, maybe not so much on oaks, you'd be okay, but I think on the maples, I'd hold off on. Um, and cer certainly not any type of early blooming tree or shrub, like Forsythia lilac, that type of thing that blooms early. Okay. Because you're just cutting off your blossoms. Okay. That makes sense. So if you have dead and damaged branches, always take those off. Yep. 
we're talking about that. We've talked a little bit about Japanese maples the last few weeks. If there's still some structural pruning on that, I would still do that. Oh, for sure. Without hesitating. If it's a panicle hydrangea and I haven't cut the dead blooms off or I want to adjust the size a little bit that's on some summer flying shrubs, I'd still do that right now. Uh, I wouldn't prune any roses yet. It'd be a little nope. bit too early for that. And okay. Like John said, any early spring before first to middle of June blooming shrubs, I'd hold off until after they flower. Um Roses, you wait until you start to see foliage, buds and foliage. What would you guys do on ornamental grasses now as far as cutting back or not? I, I think that they're already telling you. The it's time. Ornam- yeah, ornamental grasses are starting to break off yep. and blow into your neighbor's yard. So it's definitely time to um, start cutting them back before yep. they start shooting up new growth. Absolutely. Which they, they break dormancy a little bit later than some other perennials, but um, it's, it's still time to to do it because yeah. they're they're just going to break off yeah i just did it last week did you yeah some of the larger ones uh it looks messy the, the exactly no. okay there's my point what i was getting at the miscanthos that can grow in very large uh clumps um and they're tall so you don't want to just go in with a pair of clippers and start first of all your hand's going to cramp pretty quickly just from with the hand clippers but you know tie a some kind of a uh twine or rope or bungee cord around the whole mass mm-hmm. of uh, cinch it okay so it looks like a wheat bundle uh-huh and then get some hedge clippers or some some electric piece of equipment <laughs> and cut off just uh, them underneath off. them yeah so that way you're not getting a mess just blowing everywhere and cut it off uniformly and mm-hmm. great method then it's already bundled for the recycle there you go that is a great method so there. Yeah. This so is Craig Gardens Plant Experts Live. <laughs> Go ahead, John. And certainly, if, <laughs> if you have still some uh, residuals from perennials from last year that you didn't clean up, uh, if you've got a lot of weeds uh, still existing that are and or uh, leaves, time to clean stuff. Clean, clean, clean. Yes, that is what I need to do. I, I just had uh, somebody in Cincinnati text me a picture of uh, an evergreen that had some branches at the bottom. That the, the needles were gone. I said they were asking about pruning out that, that dead stuff. I said, absolutely, this is, you know, do it. You can get to it. Um, nothing's going to grow back there. So uh, a dwarf Alberta spruce. They're, they're kind of notorious for losing the bottom of okay. the needles. I, but then once you cut off those bottom branches... It, do you need to do anything to the to where you cut it? You don't need to coat it with anything to protect no. the tree or no. Like actually, a, a, a lot of people ask us that mm-hmm. about um, pruning I- any kind of a tree. Uh, do you have the paint that goes over them or the uh, compound that goes over it? And uh, mostly, research has shown that that that's not a good idea to paint them. It's better to let them air dry the wound to air dry um, so that it it. Uh, Drive <laughs> much like yeah. not wearing a band aid. We, we don't exactly. recommend. We don't recommend it. Uh, we do offer the product, uh, even when we say don't buy it. Some people are going to buy it no matter what because yeah. it's what they're going to do. Yep. And uh, so it's there, but we don't recommend it. And we purposely don't sell a lot of it because we try and tell people no. Okay, uh, just say no. Don't spend your five bucks on that. Yeah, really. Because <laughs> it's not necessarily it's good for the tree. Yeah, it's not exactly. going to help the healing process. So, and it might slow it down. 
Okay. So. And back to the pruning thing, too. Uh, mm-hmm. I would consider doing boxwoods now uh, oh. or use or some other type of evergreen foundation plant or hedge if mm-hmm. I wanted to start to control the size or get ahead of when the new growth comes out. So I would consider that, too. Okay. I All wouldn't right, just consider it. You do it. I do it. <laughs> so, and as far as any soil prep or anything, you'd still wait on that. We well, have to. It's well, too I mean, wet. once it's too just wet. once wet. it dries out, though, what? Once it dries out, I'm on it. it. With then seeding, fertilizing, what aerating? What do you do first? It depends on what you're trying to do. Um, if you're just trying to plant shrubs or trees, you're just going to be adding compost to the planting site. Okay. The more, the merrier. The deeper, the better. The wider, the better. Uh, that you want to do. Seeding, we've talked about that. Uh, some people would do it later. Some people would do it earlier. Uh, but once I the soil's dried out, uh, but it's not going to matter because if we keep talking about it for two more weeks, we're both going to agree it's time to do it. Eventually. <laughs> so I had a customer come in. Uh, it was just, this was fabulous. It was just like every, we, we talk about this practically every time we talk about gardening. And what's the most important thing? Well, it's soil prep. Um, knowing what your soil is and, and getting it conditioned properly. Well, this, this was a, a woman who wanted to grow blueberries. And she happened to uh, work with people that knew what it was about, an agronomist, by the way, mm. and she said, I probably prepared the soil to two and a half feet deep. That's some serious uh, amending, but she, she incorporated all the things that was needed to raise the uh, pH to make it uh, uh, amenable to uh, blueberries, and she said, I have so many blueberries, I can't keep up with it. So, soil uh, prep is important. She must have bird protection, too. And well, I didn't ask her that. <laughs> and you sounded surprised by two and a half feet deep. What would you oh, normally go? Oh, that's hugely. Oh, uh, f- personally, <laughs> I'd let the person who's doing it do ever whatever they wanted for me. However <laughs> far down they feel like digging. But, but most of us wouldn't <laughs> conceive so going that deep for any kind of soil preparation. Ten or twelve yeah. inches is what most people would yeah. do because oh, that's okay. what is easily done with a with a shovel or or tiller. Not even easily. Necessarily. Not necessarily, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. It's humanly possible. But I can understand what, I mean, you don't, you want the roots be, to be able to settle quickly and easily and grow comfortable in there. And um, and so I can kind of see it wanting to prepare that much. Well, if it's a medium a or larger blueberry plant, you know, you're going to have roots that make a difference, not just some structural roots, but you're going to be going down 15, 18 inches, maybe 24 inches. Okay. Um, and so I can see why she did what she did. I mean, she, it was her one chance to do it right. Yep. She did her research. She yep. put the effort into it. And, and it worked. And remind <laughs> me real quick, blueberries, are they need one male and one female, or they have they male two and different female varieties on one to cross plant? Po- two different varieties to cross-pollinate. Okay. A lot of the newer ones will produce by themselves, but they'll produce much better with, with something, a different variety. Another crossing, variety. Cross-pollinating with it, yeah. Okay. You want to get one that's flowering about the same time. So as long as you avoid a really early one with a really late one, you'll probably be fine. And that's the case with almost all fruit uh, that need a cross-pollinator. It's just about the bloom time. Yeah. Okay. Which pruning fruit trees, it's t- that time. Is it? Yeah. Well, getting towards the el- tend to end actually, of that time. Actually, to the it, end of it, yeah, yeah, actually. So if you haven't got it done, you need to get her done. Huh? Yep. And if you don't know what you're doing, don't do it. Do some research. <laughs> do some research. And then wait till next year. And is that going to stimulate growth? 
<laughs> in 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 different ways from what you you're thinking. thinking. I'm thinking you're oh. if you cut it, there's going to be more more shoots well, or something. But well, or just it's going to be like, ooh, all right, let's wake up. <laughs> what what you're trying to do with fruit trees, particularly, is open up the the tree so that um, air and light get in to inside of it. Um, that's one of the things controlling the size controlling how much fruit is produced on any one limb because uh, most people want as many flowers and fruit on a limb as possible but what happens is it gets too heavy usually you know apples and pears and uh, sometimes peaches they'll just break mm. from the weight so it's important to control the 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 amount that's produced on any any tree on the stems and peaches bloom on and bear fruit on newer wood and apples bear and pears would bear it on older wood so you have to know what you're getting into not to be complicated by any means but you just yeah. have to be mindful of that too yeah just be prepared like like anything else you're growing i don't care what kind of perennial or shrub it is you just need to have an idea of what it's doing the university of illinois puts out a great small fruit guide Really? Yeah. Oh, so yeah. Absolutely. We have, we have a lot of information available to us. Extension office? Uh, the extension if, if office. If you go on yeah. uh website, extension, U of I extension, they have every tree, fruit available. In, that you can read up on. Yep. Nice. What to do. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yay, U of I. Yep. All right. Good to know. Good to know. Well, we only have uh, maybe a minute or two left of the program. So, oh, real quick, spring forth tonight because daylight savings time starts, which I know it makes your morning time darker a little, but then it makes the sunset at 7 instead of 6. We were just (laughs) saying off air, you're going to give up an hour worth of 20 degrees and you're going to pick up an hour of 50 degrees tomorrow. So I love looking at it like that. Hang outside, play a little bit. (laughs) That's great. And they have an uh, open house coming up. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned of, that. Yeah. Yeah. March 26th, so two weeks from today. Ooh, and then we have a follow-up one on April 2nd. So we'll have seminars when your favorite garden was free. Lots of really good specials just for those days only. And two weeks. All of the shrubs and flowers and trees. Yep. Just stocked and just looking gorgeous and waiting for us. Yep. I love spring open house here. <laughs> well, you guys, thanks so much. Yeah, Thank you. Interesting yeah. show. Thanks. It's been fun. Come get your taters and onions. Absolutely. You've been listening to Prairie Gardens Plant Experts Live with our experts, Marianne Metz, Steve Brown, and John Wise Garver. I'm Tamara McDaniel. Our executive producer is Dave Leak. We have Saturday Sports Talk up next here on News Talk 1400, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana. If you'd like to listen to the show again, just go to WDWS.com and click on Multimedia and you'll find podcasts of this show, as well as previous ones. Thanks for listening, and have a great weekend.